0: Welcome to Movie Time Capsule, where I tell my guests that the world is ending and they have 60 minutes to fill their capsule with the movies that impacted their life. My guest today is Dana De La Garza. She's an actress and producer out of L.A. In this episode, we'll find out what movie creature scared her so bad that she needed to change her underpants. She'll reveal one of her favorite book-to-movie adaptations. She'll talk about actresses that she admired when she was getting into acting. And she'll reminisce about the nickname she has thanks to the movie ghostbusters i'm your host luke cheney thanks for joining us now mr van huel you know what to do
1: it is time to talk about movies all your favorites all your loved ones we will hear them and we'll cheer them it is time for movie time capsule
0: today i have with me an actress producer manager of my favorite bar and fellow podcaster welcome to the show dana de la garza
1: hello thank you for having me.
0: How are you doing today?
1: Fantastic super excited to talk about movies and myself
0: <laughs> I love saying your name Dana de la Garza it's like a it's like an action hero name
1: <laughs> Thank you you know it's actually my birth name but my, when I first got into acting the manager that I had at the time thought we should look at a bunch of other surnames that might oh. be more ethnically ambiguous right. And we ended up going through like 300 names and decided my name was just fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. 300 names, that's a lot though. Wow.
1: We went through a lot. I think the perfect surname that's been picked recently is Olivia Wilde. Yeah. She picked her surname after Oscar Wilde. And I'm like, that's dope. That's, that's so smart. clever. Very smart. And it sounds great.
0: It sounds so cool. You got the E on there. It looks natural.
1: Yeah. I'm like, she nailed it. She nailed the picking the surname game. I should just give it up.
0: So tell us, what is the concept, what's the name, and what's the concept of your podcast that you guys just launched?
1: So this podcast is with myself and Marcus Hart, who is a director and producer, and he's a studier and lover of classical films and breaking down films. So him coming in from more the technical side and then myself coming in as an actor and more of the performance side of film. We have different perspectives, but we tend to pick some really fun stuff and learn a lot. I think, even if you think you know a lot about movies, our podcast has something for everybody to learn and to pick up. So Very it's been cool.
0: Fun. You guys have done Phantom Thread and some Marvel stuff. What, what do you guys have coming up?
1: So, recently we just broke down Tenet. Whoa. And I think that this is, I know this pod is gonna be super informative for anybody who saw Tenet and left with any questions. Marcus specifically needed to break it down for me. And I think breaking it down for me is going to be helpful for a lot of you guys. We even uploaded some diagrams that you can look at that visually help you understand the timeline and what's oh, wow. happening in Tenet and how these two things are parallel, but then it switches for me, I needed the visual, but I also needed Marcus to break that down for me too, because I'm a, a geology student as well. I don't know if you even knows about me. I go to Glendale Community for geology.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I did not know that.
1: Super fun. It's just like, <laughs> why not? Right now, it's cheap. You can afford it. You can do it from home. Like, learn yeah. something you love. So I love rocks also. And just like having a refresher on the scientific method and, and studying some, some form of science, Has I think impassioned me and emboldened us to like dig at some of these theoretical and questions about physics and how this actually could really happen, or the way that the 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 writers for Tenant thought that it might be plausible with what we know about physics today. So breaking some of that down, I think, helps understand not only the movie but the fiction part of this that's not so fiction.
0: Right. Yeah. Nolan loves to you know base some of his his science fiction in in reality. And I've gone into some of the visuals on YouTube and tried to understand Tenet. And I, I probably did like 30 minutes after I saw it and I was just like, Fuck, I still can't grasp it. So I'm I'm interested to see what you guys come up with for your visuals. That'll, that'll be great. I have a question for you. When it comes to watching movies, for me, like I'm really OCD about it. And I like turn off my phone, put it on do not disturb, make sure that all the blinds are closed. So there's no light peeking in. How do you watch movies? Like do you have a particular ritual or how do you watch your content?
1: Typically, I have to have a snack and it's usually popcorn or some kind of crunchy thing. Yeah. And I'm the same with the lights. I don't like reflection. If there's a light source in the room, it's got to be on the same side. The glare gets me. I mean, my phone is always on silent. I'm always yeah. just watching for it, so it's never making noise. But definitely having the lights out or or down, and then a snack.
0: Get that snack ready to go. Yeah, for those long ones, it's I don't know why, but it's so hard to sit through a two-hour movie for me without stopping when I'm at home. You know, it's it's too easy to get up.
1: It's too easy to get up and go to the bathroom, or you know. Yeah. Go put the laundry in the dryer, whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's easy. It's too easy to modify But
1: I'm really excited that um, to be going to the theaters again. I think this weekend I'm going to go see Jungle Cruise.
0: Oh, yeah. It looks pretty good.
1: I like to, because we're still in the pandemic, go really early in the morning because it's not full.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are the best times.
1: The best times. The 10 a.m. show. Are you kidding me? The best show.
0: <laughs> when I moved to L.A. and when I didn't have any friends... I would go to the early shows because I didn't have anything to do. And I would always hope that I would be the only person in the theater. And it never happened. There was always like one or two other people just like me (laughs) that would go to the 10 a.m.s.
1: I was probably one of those.
0: (laughs) 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 Maybe. Dana, I'm not sure if you're seeing this outside your window, but I'm seeing what looks like a tornado. And I think something's coming out of it. There's like like flying sharks. Oh, yeah. it It looks like a shark. It's a sharknado. I think... The world right now is being consumed by Sharknado's. We probably should put some of your favorite movies into your capsule. Are you ready to go?
1: Time for the time capsule before the Sharknado gets
0: off. Sharknado's coming. We have 60 minutes. Let's go. All right. The first question I have for you is, what's the first movie that you ever bought with your own money?
1: With my own money? Yeah. Because my parents bought me all the Disney movies. Oh, okay. So I didn't really. But uh, I think when I did have my own money, I bought Ever After. What is that? Ever Ever After with Drew Barrymore and what is his name? Dougary Scott.
0: Dougary Scott.
1: Dougary Scott (laughs) and Drew Barrymore. And she does a a fine British accent, but it's a Cinderella story.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I really liked that movie. And I think I just happened to be like, oh, I've been getting my baby sitting money. (laughs) Get my own non-Disney movie
0: store. <laughs> Were you like the family that had all of the Disney movies on VHS like just like a whole wall full of them? I'm
1: really mad because like 3 years ago my sister and I like donated and tossed all of those VHSs and now apparently they're worth money.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: We tossed hundreds. <laughs> oh my of, yeah, god. Original Beauty and the Beast, Ariel the Mermaid, blah 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 in the original fluffy plastic. Yeah. Yep.
0: That scrunchy urn, 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 plastic. Yep.
1: She and I just thought, no one has VHSs anymore. Why would we want these? Hey, Goodwill, here yeah. you go.
0: Oh, Dive. man. Someone found a, a gold mine at Goodwill.
1: Yep. You're welcome. Whoever has that fortune. Enjoy your yeah. yacht. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dana, what is a movie that blew your mind when you saw it?
1: Like blew my mind. There have been a few recently that I felt, I felt a lot. Yeah. I think that's what I'm I'm getting at from the blow your mind coming. But I think the first one that really was like, whoa, for me was The Matrix. And I wonder if that was is anyone else's thing yeah. for a movie that blew your mind. But I just remember being like, How? Yeah. And wow and the story, because you're like, oh, you know, I think I got a similar feeling when I saw the visual effects of like Avatar. I think visually, Avatar gave me like a gasping, like a oh,
0: beautiful, yeah. it's
1: so beautiful feeling. But story wise, I think, and you know, also also visually, The Matrix.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like a t- uh, double edged sword. It's got, you know, the bullet time that they created for that movie, the, all the slow motion. And then, of course, yeah, the story was just like, what is this? 1999, like, I've never seen a movie like this before in my life. And it's blowing my 14-year-old mind or whatever the yeah, year it was. Yeah, something
1: like that, where you're just like, what is this? How are they doing this? It's magic. Yeah.
0: Such a great movie. Like the, Wachows- the Wachowskis, like they have a lifetime pass for me. Like whatever they come out with, I will always 100%. go and see it.
1: I'm gonna buy. It. I'm gonna give you my money forever. So just make something, and you'll yeah. get my money.
0: What did you think of of Speed Racer?
1: I think because I had been introduced to the cartoon as a kid, I had some like nostalgia about it, and I was like, yay! Yeah. So I I thought it was fun in that respect. I think if I looked at it by itself, it was Emil Hirsch. Right, right, right. I I love him. And if I looked at it by itself, I would have been like, "This is fine." But because of my nostalgia, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love the movie. I think most people did not like that movie, and yeah, I love the special fun. effects.
1: Don't be digging. Don't dig too much.
0: Yeah, it's You're just not going to have a,
1: as much fun with me. It's
0: a popcorn joyride. Yes. Is there a movie that is underrated that you think more people should should see in their life?
1: Ooh, there's like a couple. There's one really that I I think doesn't get enough credit is The Fountain. And The Fountain is something that we go over in Symphomaniac, my podcast with Marcus, and he had never really given it the time of day either. But I think I've seen the graphic novel, it's incredible. So knowing where the story came from and what was done with it. And at the time, the visual effects were also astonishing to me. The way that they used ink and water and super slow motion and made that large scale really struck me like in a visceral, emotional way. When I saw that, I'm just like, wow, the beauty of the universe, right? Everything small is big. You know, tree roots are, are, they look like the human nervous system. And and it reminded me of that kind of mentality of everything is everything. Mm -hmm. The universe is so intertwined. And the fact that I got all of that feeling from, some ink in some water in slow motion (laughs) blown up in the right context because the film is about reincarnation sort of and finding your best self and reaching nirvana really. Right. I think because it's a little jolty and hard to follow, people expect this through line. And because this film doesn't have that through line, a lot of people I think lose patience. But if you look at it as almost vignettes that are related in the fact that they may or may not be the same soul depending on how you look at it it's such a beautiful story and it brings about a lot of romantic notions and and i think people if you haven't seen it you should watch it i'm sad that none of us will get to see it or may not get to see it in imax at any point because that i think is the true would be the true way to experience this film yeah in imax but Maybe it'll come back. Maybe there'll be a random fountain resurgence and <laughs> it'll be showing.
0: The movie is visually stunning and I just learned like they didn't have the money for the visual effects, so they hired like the best ink I don't I'm gonna butcher that, but the best ink guy in Hollywood and they did like macro close up uh, cinematography on just ink and water and used it for all of the grand universe and the stars and very smart and very not basic, but a great way but to it solve the problem.
1: Matches- if you guys have a chance to look up the intricacy and the ornateness of the graphic novel, I think it's matched. It's the same tone. Like they match the tone of, of the novel. And I think that that, that's why they nailed it for me too. There's also a lot of golden hues and colors that he chooses that the cinematographer chooses that I think reminds you of the graphic novel again. Yeah. It's just stunning. And if you haven't had a chance to see it, you should.
0: Yeah. I think it's, that's. I'm definitely going to have to go back and, and rewatch that. Rachel Remember, White is was,
1: incredible in it. I think they initially wanted Brad Pitt, but ended up with Hugh Jackman, yeah. which is, I think, the right thing happened. Brad Pitt's too pretty for this. Not that Hugh <laughs> Jackman's not beautiful. He is, but his character needs to be this kind of neurotic person at times. And I think Hugh Jackman nailed it.
0: Yeah. Dana, what's a movie that you would show someone to cheer them up if they're having a bad day?
1: This is seasonal. because anything anything close to a cold time of year or what would be cold time of year if you're not in socal i would say the grinch (laughs) all right because there's hardly another movie that no matter what mood i'm in or whatever that makes me not look at jim carrey in that makeup and just be like this is hilarious and i love it it just kind of brightens you yeah also if you're grumpy it reminds you not to be a grinch you know
0: totally yes
1: Sometimes everybody hates you and you eat garbage, but guess what? <laughs> it's going to be fine. You can grow your heart back and you'll figure your shit out. If it's not a winter-ish month, I go for the stereotypical Princess Bride. Again. Hell yeah. There's so many moments in that movie that make you feel good and make you laugh. I can't think of another t- of a time when I've seen that and I've been like, oh, the Princess Bride's on. Not only because it's such a good story. Yeah. Peter Falk is one of my favorites of all time. Really? If you can do it with one eye, if you can be an actor with one eye, (laughs) (laughs) you've got so much talent, bro. He's so talented. But he's also like the grandpa in this around the time he was doing Columbo. I love that. I love him. And the story is just so heartwarming. And
0: you just love it. It makes you feel good. And you've got Kevin Arnold from the from the wonder years, who's just like adorable. He's like, oh, are you going to do the kissing scene? What does he say?
1: do you have to do the kissing part?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is so great. I love that movie. We did did a backyard movie night with that, and it was awesome to watch it with 10 people in the backyard, just laughing our butts off. What about uh, scary movies? Do you like to watch horror movies?
1: I can't watch them after dark. (laughs) (laughs)
0: you're one of those i'm
1: a big weenie my mind will just roll and roll and wander and make myself the victim in every murder story i will get up and check the door 10 times and i won't sleep at all but i think that like genre of scary that strikes me the most are like alien type movies Mm -hmm. alien specifically because that creature was terrifying yes i mean just like the black Slime and like the shininess, the like teeth, and then the fact that there's another mouth inside <laughs> of the mouth. Oh, this mouth can't get you, but this mouth can. What?
0: Go, go, gadget mouth.
1: That's a that's a hard, that's a nope for me on all levels. That's a <laughs> that's a hard pass. At the same time, movies like The Fourth Kind that are also about aliens in a different way, yeah, also will give me nightmares like full on I'll wake up and be like checking for implants like where did they get me (laughs) and that the way that they marketed that movie I don't know if you remember this but they did sort of a guerrilla marketing for the fourth time with Mila Djokovic where they pretended that it was all real they made like some fake news stories and did some couple of I think like fake Wikipedia pages about this town and about these incidences yeah so when people googled is this movie real it would come up Yeah. And then I, so I Googled it at that time. I think later they came out and said, well, we did some marketing, some creative marketing. People didn't really go, you know, missing to aliens and all this stuff. There wasn't all this evidence, but it made you scared. It made me very scared. Yeah, The fact that I looked it up and it was corroborating this terrifying story. I was like, okay, fears are validated. Got it. Yeah,
0: Got it. that was such a cool marketing thing that a lot of movies, not a lot of movies, but a lot of sci-fi movies were doing like in the late 2000s, like Cloverfield did it.
1: Cloverfield did it too, I think. Yeah.
0: I wish there was more of that. I think maybe everyone's a little wise to it now and they've gotten rid of it. But that was that was really enjoyable. I'd like to, just to bring movies out into the world and have you question their legitimacy or reality.
1: Well, it makes you question. Yeah, makes you question what's what you should be scared of. Yeah. And it and it worked. I was terrified.
0: <laughs> is that the movie that has like scared you the most and haunted your your dreams?
1: Probably Aliens is the one that's like haunted my dreams. Like the and then I made the I thought very brave choice to go into one of the mazes at the Hollywood Horror Night. Oh. The maze with the alien. Yeah. Because this is Universal Studios, because this is Hollywood, they've got the legit, yeah, legit do. monsters. So they had an alien from Alien that was 12, like 10 to 12 feet tall. Oh, shit. And multiple other smaller ones. And I was like, I'm 30. I should be fine to go into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am a grown ass woman. <laughs> I should be fine it's I know that it's special effects I know that I screamed I legit needed to change my underpants after this it was, <laughs> I was so scared I was still so scared and I was like well big mistake never go into alien themed scary things again clowns fine all day come at me I don't care it's okay, like Chucky type thing. Fine, whatever. I'm just gonna bop you in the head, and you'll be you'll be gone. <laughs> but this ten foot glistening with the goo, with the teeth, yeah, with the other mouth, with the teeth. Nope, that's a hard no for me. I will see you never. Bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Universal Horror Nights is so fucking good. Like like you said, they put in the money and the time to make these things like make you feel like you're in an actual movie. I love going to them and getting legit scared. It's great.
1: It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they do there is, or they used to do, I'm a big fan of special effects makeup as well. There's a show called Face Off. Yeah. Where they do, have you seen the show? Uh, I believe it's on FX or something. Love the show. So the year that, last year that they had it, which was 2019 that I went to, they had the finalists from Face Off there and they had their own creations. So you got oh. to actually see the artists from the show doing their work or showing off their work at universal. It was really cool nice. to see like the innovative new crowd of FX artists with some crazy creatures that you've never seen before. Cause that's literally their job. Come up with something we've never seen before. So that's cool that at universal you get that little extra for people that are into it.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. That's, that show is, is, is a great premise and really makes you appreciate the special effects and the makeup people who just makes insane things.
1: Just the fact that it holds up so well typically. Like if you go back and look at some practical effects movie, like, I mean, it's not the best, but it still works. Like I think I was watching, what's the Schwarzenegger movie where they go to Mars?
0: Total Recall.
1: Total Recall. And I was like, well, this works because it's practical. I think if they had done the special effects the digital version back in that, at that time, you look at now and be like, this looks awful. I can't, I can't watch it. Yeah. But because the makeup was so good, you're like, yep, I'm down. Yeah. It holds up.
0: And that whole thing where the, the head, the where he's playing the lady and the head comes out and that was all real. That was nuts.
1: Awesome. Somebody made a little turntable and exploded a thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. People in Hollywood are amazing. On the flip side of being scared, what's the movie that, makes you cry guaranteed every time you watch it
1: i cry in a lot of movies let's start there i cried a black widow recently like ugly cry black, black widow. but i think the movie that always makes me cry because of the situation that they're in and because of the way that the family that the father handles it that amount of like love i can't even it makes me so emotionally when talking about it but life is beautiful yes no matter where I am, my mood, like whatever I watch that movie. And I'm, first of all, I feel grateful to be where I am and to be lucky enough to be able to work and have a job and, and not have Nazis after me necessarily, even though they're still out there apparently, but they're not after me. But in this movie, just going through your the motions of like what it must've been for him as a dad to be, and I don't have kids yet, but as a parent to be like, Hey, This is the worst situation imaginable, but I'm gonna make it light for you.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna
1: make it. Try to make it the best that I can, so that maybe you'll come out of this okay. The story is just just heartwarming. I think they won multiple Oscars. If they didn't, they should have for that. Yeah, they won. Best Best foreign, best foreign film. Yeah, that's that's the one for me.
0: Yeah, I love that movie. It's it's got so much in it. It's it's got the romantic side and it's got the dark side, which is made lighter thanks to the dad and this amazing selfless act. And I love the soundtrack. I put the soundtrack on a lot when I'm just like need some instrumental stuff. It's like, you know, it's like really peppy and and Italian and light and it's fun. There's so much in that movie. Please go see Life is Beautiful if you have not seen it. You mentioned kids. Is there a movie that you are excited to show your future kids, like to set them down and show them one of your favorites?
1: I know it's weird to say this, but... When they're old enough, I can't wait for them to watch the Count of Monte Cristo.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's one of my favorite book to movie adaptations. I think we all had to read that book in school. I don't know if you did. I yeah. had to read it in like middle school or something. But you see the movie and you're like, oh my gosh, you learn there's lessons in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know Toward the end you realize that your anger, holding on to your anger only hurts yourself. Yeah. in the long run. You also learn about overcoming adversity and being inventive, being open to things. I think that movie is also superbly active. Jim Caviezel is a, I mean, he's the best that they could have picked for that part, I think. And there's also some humorous notes as well, but I think just the the story itself and what you learn from it, I think why we'd be excited to show kids when they're old enough to deal with sword fights and that type of
0: thing yeah very cool did jim caviesel did i hear that he retired is that true from acting
1: i haven't heard that but i wouldn't be surprised he seems like one of those who's you know like daniel day lewis i'm gonna go make shoes i feel like jim Cavisel <laughs> would be like okay i'm a soccer coach now yeah that's what i do <laughs> i'm real real athletic he might but i i have not heard that
0: maybe i'm making this stuff up who knows <laughs> <laughs> what's the movie that you watched when you were young and while you're watching it, you thought to yourself, I am not old enough to be watching this.
1: (laughs) This was probably one of those situations where like, I went to my grandparents for the weekend, you know, and they fell asleep. So I get to switch (laughs) the TV to what I want as long as it's quiet. And when I was younger, I was not allowed to watch these because they were violent, but I, I would hear and kind of oversee my dad watching them after I went to bed. So I was like, who is this Indiana Jones person? Who is he? So of course I'm alone at grandma and grandpa's and they've got in all the Indiana Joneses. And I'm like, what's all this about? Let's pop in (laughs) temple of doom.
0: Oh God. So (laughs) wait, how old are you at this point?
1: They get to the Kalima part with (laughs) the heart being ripped out. He's reaching in. And I think I literally was like, I'm not old enough to watch that. Your eyes. I'm not old enough. <laughs> off, off, off. Turn it off before I get in trouble. Turn it off. And I'm I'm all flustered and my grandma's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> 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 and I'm just walking around like holding my chest, like making sure no one's going to come take my heart at any moment. It's like...
0: <laughs> That is so scary as a kid.
1: Well, and it was fine. It was fine until that moment. You're like, this is bad, but it's fine. There's bad guys. There's a volcano or some magma that's exposed. Okay, not the worst. The floor's lava all the time. This is a normal situation. And then all of a sudden, you're like, where's he going with this? You see the heart pumping. Dun, 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 dun. And that was why I wasn't supposed to watch Dumb and Dumber either. Because he does oh, the right. same thing. He does the same thing.
0: <laughs> I totally forgot that's where that move comes from. It's from Doom. Yeah. So when did you come back and like finish the whole movie? Like how many years later?
1: Oh, gosh. Not long after. I want to say probably like three years after. I was like, all right, I'm ready. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had already seen the other Indiana Jones. And that's probably the the most violent seen in any of the indiana jones movies even with the like murder and people on fire it's not i mean for me it wasn't as graphic right. even the melting into a skeleton wasn't as scary i'm like well he's he deserves it it's fine this i was like that's he's just pulling out hearts that's
0: just the chest rip right there
1: just a chest rip <laughs> so probably like two or three years later i was like all right i oh okay it's daytime i'm not alone I've got my hands over my heart. I'm ready for this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. My memory with Temple of Doom is I remember as a kid watching Rares of the Lost Ark, the first one, and then going to, you know, the local video store to get a movie. And I was like, oh, I want to see the other Indiana Jones movies and grab Temple of Doom, put it on at home. And then, like you see him in this white tuxedo, I'm like, oh, this is a little, little different. He's not wearing like his hat and his jacket. And then they go into this dance number with all of the girls. I'm like, this is not Indiana Jones. What is going on here? I almost turned it off. I was like, this is the wrong movie for sure. So it always throws me for a loop. Temple of Doom, and which is why it's not my favorite because of that dance number at the beginning. (laughs) Because of the dance number. (laughs) I'm like, I want the action. I want guys getting punched in the face. Let's go. The
1: dresses in that one are the best, though. The costumes. For me, the the female costumes anyway in that one. She goes. She's the actress, so she's got all the like beaded things, and I'm like, yes, yeah, Yeah. servant queen, beautiful.
0: (laughs) Now we're gonna take a break to tell you about today's sponsor, the Surly Goat Bar in West Hollywood. Dana, take it away.
1: Hello, it's today's sponsor, the Surly Goat West Hollywood. Do you like beer? Are you a goat? Come by Surly Goat, West Hollywood, Monday night trivia, Wednesday night karaoke, shot and beer specials till 2 a.m. nightly. Come on by, goats.
0: (laughs) Uh, Surly Goat is legitimately my my favorite bar in the world. That's
1: how we know each other.
0: That's how we know each other. I have so many good memories at the GOAT. There's awesome music. You guys play classic movies on the TVs all the time. I happened to meet my wife there, which is another reason why I love it. So yeah, go to the GOAT. You might meet your next husband or wife there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we've got a lot of great beer.
0: Tons of great beer. How many taps do you guys have?
1: 27 taps. They rotate almost daily. You're never bored. It's really a place for hot pets. If you say you like beer and think you like beer, this is a wonderland for you. A lot of very rare beers on tap. We get a lot of specialty beers that not a lot of other beer uh, bars get.
0: Like Pliny the Elder is there right we now? We get the
1: Elder all the time. We get Pliny the Younger once a year. Mm-hmm. We're one of the few bars in this zip code that gets a keg of Pliny the Younger. And we will advertise when we do that. It's usually in March. That's for one of the rarest beers to have tapped in the world.
0: Hey, you. Yeah, you, the one listening to the podcast. If you are enjoying the show and you're listening on a Apple product, please go to Apple Podcasts real quickly and rate the show. It'll help me expand the show to more movie lovers like you. All right, back to the episode. Is there a movie that or an actor that got you into acting?
1: Ooh, a movie that got me into acting probably was actually a play that had been recorded. Mm Mm-hmm. I watched on film, my mother showed me the Broadway Peter Pan with Mary Martin. Okay. The old, old, like black and white Mary Martin, Peter Pan. And there are videos and some pictures of me. I learned all of the choreography and I learned most of the lines. So I would like go across and like say the lines and then do the moves in front of the TV.
0: So cool. Over
1: and over. I'm sure I was the most annoying child, but that really got me into it, probably. Or that was my first foray as a like three, four, five year old kid. But I really like acting wise, I think watching, I mean, there are so many talented actresses that I admired growing up, but I think Kate Winslet was really a big, a big inspiration for me. She seemed so approachable and somebody that you could be friends with. And you could take a look at, and you know, if she can accomplish this, maybe I can too. And one of the other actresses I really admire who's kind of off the radar, I really love Mary Louise Parker. Seeing her in Fried Green Tomatoes, and then later in Weeds, I'm like, damn, she's so talented, super underrated. And then one more I'm gonna throw out there, I saw Muriel's Wedding with Tony Collette, and it's an Australian movie, and I was just like, this movie is amazing, hilarious, and her character is just, I mean, she just nails it. It's a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. It's sort of a rom-com, or like, um, you know, Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride-themed rom-com. And Tony yeah. Collette is, I mean, she gets to use her Australian accent, her native accent. So I think as an actor, when you get to do a role in your native accent it makes everything a little easier at least for me sure you need to do any kind of accents it makes this like it's sort of like this jacket you've got to put on over your character that makes it a little bit harder to move that's kind of how i picture it got to put on an accent i've got to you know remember the period i've got to remember this so you've got to make sure whatever attributes you're giving your character you can still move freely but i think she doesn't she doesn't need that in this movie she's uninhibited muriel's way go see it if you haven't seen it it's another one that i love
0: i have not seen it i will put it on my list and i did not even know that tony collette is australian how did i not know that that's crazy I think
1: she's, it's either australia new zealand i don't want to actually misspeak i think it's australian i may be wrong <laughs> <laughs> don't ever don't kill me all the aussies out there and all the new zealanders for mixing y'all up i know y'all hate it
0: you're gonna get hate mail <laughs> <laughs> Dana, now you have a your name. Also, like my name is in an awesome movie quote. People, you know, misquote Star Wars and say, Luke, I'm your father, which is not actually the right quote. But I know that I and some of my friends yell at you when we come to the go. We go, Dana, Dana. Is there a quote in your life that you say a lot from a movie?
1: Besides, there is no Dana, only Zool
0: oh. from Ghostbusters. Yes. I, actually, I
1: have a T-shirt that says that it was a birthday gift. It's very fitting. And when I was my mid-20s, some of my friend group called me Zool or Zuli uh-huh. because of that. But I think the one that I like to quote, like with family, because I grew up with Gone with the Wind. And frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's so fun to say.
0: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: In everyday life.
0: How do you just work that into conversation? Where does that come up?
1: I usually say it sarcastically if people are going on and on about stuff that I, I'm like, really? You're, de- you're doing that same? You're dealing with that same douchebag again? You're telling me the same? He broke up with you a sixth time? Frankly, my dear, we don't give a damn. You don't give a damn. Love
0: it. I love it. We throw it in.
1: You can throw it in places.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Who was that actor that says that?
1: Clark Gable my favorite stories about that shoot are how gross he was <laughs> to poor vivian lee oh really like he would smoke a cigar and not and like purposely have terrible breath on like purpose before they had to kiss
0: oh what a dick
1: and that like just being a real and she still pulled out one of the best performances of the day i mean her Scarlett o'hara is she is the the eyebrow lift come mm-hmm. on vivian lee was on another level
0: yeah What's the movie that, when you watch it, gives you goosebumps every time you watch it?
1: Ooh. Goosebumps, like, bad way or like a good way?
0: That is up to you, my dear. Ooh.
1: I think probably one movie that makes me uncomfortable enough to get, like, chills Yeah, is maybe Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. I think somehow there's some, the slicing of the face ah. and some of the violence committed, as well as some of the beauty. The creature magic that Mm -hmm. we were talking about, the creature magic that is so prominent in his films, I think gives me chills in kind of a good and a bad way, depending on the part of the film I'm watching. (laughs) Yeah, probably Pan's Labyrinth for me. It's got all the bad things that give you the like, oh, God. I'm uncomfortable chills yeah so scary
0: that dinner table scene in the basement
1: oh my god it, it's burned in your brain isn't it
0: totally yeah it's got to it. burn, burn in. burn in your brain mm-hmm. there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of in, what's a movie you'll remember forever because the experience that you saw it under was so unique
1: We're very special and spoiled out here in Hollywood to have a lot of experiences that a lot of places all over the country don't do. Sure. The things we do to celebrate movies. And the first time I saw the movie Carrie, I saw it at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery with all of my girlfriends. So like six or seven of us. And we all went dressed in theme. So we went to some thrift stores and found 1970s prom dresses.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. To go
1: see Carrie yeah. at the cemetery. And I just, that was the first time I had seen a film at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And the fact that it was Carrie and they don't mess around there. They have a whole photo section that looked like prom. So you could take photos. Like a oh. fo- it was wasn't just a little like Instagram wall. They did a whole photo set up with a professional photographer that just gives you photos of yourself when you're leaving the cemetery. <laughs> the fact that you're in a cemetery also makes it like, this is an experience. I'm never mm-hmm. going to forget that day. Not only that, we were in prom dresses like normal, but there yeah. were a few random girls throughout that were full on covered in blood dressed as Carrie. Oh, shit. Because we live in Hollywood and people do that.
0: People go all out.
1: All of a sudden, you would just look and there's a girl that's covered in blood. You're like, ah! (laughs) This is amazing. They had food. We had, they let you bring in your own food and drinks. So we brought in wine. We had snacks. We're all in our prom dresses. We got the pictures like we went to prom and the movies on the big screen and the sound quality is also fantastic there, surprisingly. You're like, wait, I'm outside in this outside. kind of weird shaped environment, but the sound is great, and they just nailed that. I'll never forget that. It was such a fun, and I the fact that I had never seen Carrie before. Yeah, it was my first time seeing it, and it was I saw it in that environment. Yeah, so much fun. If anybody lives in Hollywood, that couple of dollar ticket to go see the movies at the theater, it's worth it. I think it's like fifteen dollars or something ridiculous. Like it's only a dollar more than going to the actual.
0: Exactly, thing. you can bring wine There's with you and food. Cheap. It's fantastic yeah it's people like you that make hollywood and la an awesome place to live because people go all out for movies and will wear the costumes and dedicate themselves to it. it's so much fun
1: i used to do it in texas but i was the only one (laughs) yeah right <laughs> I dressed up. I think I dressed up to see episode two when I was in Ooh, high school. Yeah. I wore my like, I had my arena Natalie Portman outfit that I had crafted out of some karate gi and like refitted to be that arena outfit. And I, of course, I'm the only one. It's <laughs> People are like, what are you doing? Why are you <laughs> dressed like that? But it, in Hollywood, I can do that. And it's not weird. It's only people who come up and say, Great job. I like your costume.
0: Yeah. You become best friends.
1: Part of the fun of living.
0: I remember when star wars came out with the special edition in 96 i think it was i was in illinois i went and saw the midnight showing with my friend and we didn't dress up or anything because like that wasn't a thing yet in our lives that we knew about but some guy brought a lightsaber with him and when the death star blew up at the end he jumped out of his seat and yells out yeah and lights the lightsaber up and just holds it straight up in the air and everyone started cheering it was so cool that's
1: amazing <laughs>
0: He was a high school, and I was like a fifth grader. I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to be when I'm a high schooler. I'm going to be one of those guys. Oh my God, so cute. Little Luke. Yeah,
1: I'm going to bring my lightsaber in there.
0: I got to get me a lightsaber. All right, Dana, we are almost out of time. The Sharks are getting very close to my place. I'm not sure about you, but what movie would you choose to put in your capsule that would sum up the good side of humanity?
1: The good side of humanity. I think I could have for this picked a few of, Uh, Miyazaki's movies Mm. however I think I'm gonna go with my neighbor Totoro this movie despite being animated or maybe because it's animated it's so beautiful and heartwarming and leaves you with a sense of duty and hope at the end like it's our duty to protect and do our due diligence to take care of our world and our environment and to be good people it's also so cute Mm-hmm. All of his anime, all of his animations are just adorable. The cheeks, the little like redness, <laughs> the way that the characters are drawn—it's so heartwarming. But the message is also there, and I would hope that we all could be a little more like the little girl from My Neighbor Tulsa, Mm-hmm.
0: That's the one that has the cat bus in it, right?
1: Yeah, the cat bus. The cat bus.
0: <laughs> is there? You talk about the little girl. It's like—is there a character in a movie that that you relate to?
1: I think there are several, but oh man, probably one (laughs) is going to make me sound crazy in a good way or a bad way, a really bad way maybe. But I think the way that I can get in my own head sometimes and block my own self, it's something that I think a lot of us need to practice, myself included, obviously, like taking a step back from our situation and realizing that what we think is the worst thing ever and is definitely happening maybe needs a second look. And I think Tracy Lett's bug with Ashley Judd.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Resonated with me for that reason, because it's like she just needs to calm down and see the situation for what it is.
0: (laughs) She tends to get
1: in, like gets in her own head and is like single focused and it's counterproductive and it's counterintuitive and it's hurting her to be this focused on one thing. And so I think, when I watch that film, especially because I love Ashley Judd, I think she's very beautiful and talented. I'm like, hey, we need to chill out. I identify with where you think, where your mind is. <laughs> I see that. And I realize it in myself that it's one thing in her character I really identify with.
0: We all need to take a little pause every once in a while. and It's okay to like
1: realize that you're a little neurotic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Dana, here comes the big... Tamali, if you had time to choose one movie to take with you in your bunker to escape the Sharknado, what movie can you rewatch over and over and it will never get old?
1: Ooh, that I would never get tired of. I mean, <laughs> Fargo.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah.
1: It's got a little bit of everything for me. It's got some mischief, murder. Yeah hilarious Francis uh you know just throwing herself in there but the pregnant humor is in there for me it's such a well-rounded movie and I think it is summed up really well as well it's one of those that I'm just like I'll just leave this on it's fine if it's on it's on I'm not switching it (laughs) and I think that's the true test of what movie goes in your bunker is What's the movie that if it's on, you're not switching it? And it's probably Fargo for
0: me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to categorize it. If it's on, your life just kind of stops and you're like, I'm in. I'm just in. Just go. I want to get this. <laughs> There's nothing like you know throwing a body into a wood chipper at the end of the day. A
1: wood chipper. It was already there.
0: So convenient. All right, Dana. Well, that is going to end your capsule. It's time to close it up. And since this is a low-budget show, I need you to provide the foley of the sound of your capsule closing. Nice, <laughs> using your practical surroundings with the the coffee cup there. That's that's very yeah. nice. I like it.
1: Don't tell them. Don't tell
0: them. <laughs> oh, movie magic, movie magic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Dana, thank you so much for doing this. This was great to learn more Thanks, about you Luka, through your it was movies. so
1: much fun, like the old days, chatting at the bar.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, just talking about our favorite thing, movies. Yeah. What are you working on, or what's what's coming up on the horizon for you?
1: Currently. I am producing, with our friend Amber, a bartending game show. Ooh. Yes. It is like, if you've ever seen the show Chopped, where they they have some secret ingredients pop up, and you've got to make something in a certain amount of time, that's kind of the idea. We've got the ball rolling. We're now actually just booking bartenders and setting a date. But it's going to be pretty fun. You're going to be able to watch it on YouTube. It's up there as well as Symphomaniac, which is the podcast that I do that comes out every week. But yeah, that's going to be a fun kind of side venture dealing with bars and bartenders and I'll just be hosting. It's going to be sort of like Chopped Meets the Great British Bake Off.
0: Sweet. That is an awesome idea.
1: We'll have experts come be our judges and then the bartenders will have two secret ingredients and 15 minutes to make us a great cocktail. So it'll be just a seven or eight minute super fun show for anyone who's into bartending or drinking. And it's super inspired by quarantine. Also, like, what do you have? What's in my bar? What's in my house? And what can I make with it that's tasty?
0: What can you whip up? What is it called?
1: It's called Bar Battle LA.
0: Bar Battle LA. We're on Instagram.
1: We're going to be on YouTube. Very fun stuff.
0: When is it coming out? Do you know yet?
1: Our first episode, we're going to shoot next month. So I'm going to give us some time to edit. So I'm hoping a month and a half.
0: Very cool. We'll be on the lookout. And I will put the link in the show notes so everyone can go find it. And,
1: and the link to Symphomaniac.
0: And Symphomaniac. If you want a recap of Dana's capsule choices, you can go to lukechaney.com mtc I hope this episode encourages you to check out some new movies or revisit some old ones. Lastly, here's a final piece of trivia. Name the Christopher Nolan movie that ends with this line. Now, where was I?